in, everyone, and welcome to Starkville's House of Bell Podcast. This is our 103rd episode for the Smallville episode, Toxic. I'm Derek Russell. And I'm Steve Blossom. I like how you do that every time we come in, sir. <laughs> it makes me feel like we're doing something important every week. Makes me feel rather verbose, gregarious. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> So we have got, oh my God, what did you think about Toxic? I thought it was really good. Did I was you? really, 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 really impressed. Really I'm glad enjoyed you're it. pumped after kind of the lack of, I mean, you were just not too pumped about the first two. I felt, no, I love the premiere. I love the premiere. You loved it, but you weren't pumped about it. I love the premiere. I thought that last, I thought no, last week was anticlimactic. No, no, don't you lie to me, Steve Glossy. I, I was not pumped did, about last week. The after power the first that I have, minutes. you felt in the 100th episode. I will go back and put clips of this episode. Oh. And you, <laughs> no, you won't. My power is known throughout the universe. I will. You know what I can do. No, I, I, I enjoyed the first, I enjoyed the premiere. It wasn't my favorite season premiere. Last week, I will tell you, I wasn't very excited about it after the first five minutes were over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. So, Toxic. Yeah, that's what we're you, talking about. You were... What? What did you feel? How did it make you feel? I felt disappointed. What? Well, that was supposed to be a Warrior Angel premiere, not well. They didn't the clear that warming with us. party. I know they didn't cl- Warner Brothers didn't clear the. The War creator Angel of stuff. Warrior Angel was supposed to make an appearance. He um, did not. They did not clear that with me in time. Therefore, there was no Warrior Angel premiere in the beginning. Um, I think other, a lot of people thought that, we lied about that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I didn't even think about that while I was watching until you said something about them changing the script. Yeah, and. uh Overall, I loved. It. I mean, I really, 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 really liked this episode. Well, they wanted to make it a fundraiser type thing that Oliver kind of was putting on, right? With it, that he had a lot to do with because it was such an Oliver centric episode, and he didn't have anything to do with War Angel, so they didn't really want him to be involved with the release of that film. I mean, sure. there's no reason yeah. to. So maybe later we'll see that this season. I doubt it. Well, let us get into some shoe news because we do want to talk about Toxic in depth because we've had a lot of emails on how people want to kind of us to do the recap they want us to try something new so we're going to try that today not only that but we have a ton of emails to read to at the end of the episode plus spoilers for instinct so let's get into it first off house of l t-shirts still available cannot believe i have thought not thought about mentioning this since the season premiere as we do lose a lot of listeners in the summer that that don't really care to listen until the show starts back up so go to t-shirts.smallvillepodcast.com you can pick up your very own house of l t-shirt they look great um, Steve's seen him in person now, finally. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> he won't buy one, the cheap bastard. <laughs> Why won't you buy one? I don't know. I just never think about it, and then I okay. don't want to spend money. I hate spending money. Well, that really makes everybody else want to go out and buy them, you know, when you're they talking look about all, uh, Listen, I've got one now. Yeah, he did buy one. I bought <laughs> two. I bought a 3X and a 4X. Really? Yeah, just in case. Awesome. Well, so, yeah, go check those out. They are really fat. great shirts, both male and female versions. Um, they're like a navy blue. They've got our diamond iPod logo on the front. On the back, they've got a new Fortress logo that was designed by our buddy Stuart. Stuart's going to be a daddy. Congratulations, Stuart. Stuart? <laughs> Congratulations. There are way too many. Out. <laughs> um, so check those out. Uh, it's $15 plus shipping for the... For the guy's shirt, for the girl's a little bit more expensive, 20 plus shipping, as it is made a little bit different. Still, two great shirts. Please go check that out. You can also get our 10th Wonder t-shirt. Very soon you will be able to get our Skynex t-shirt. Maybe if Steve ever wants to do something with Geek Out Loud, we can do that too. 
Someone sent me a new logo. My man, uh, Cohen, he sent me a new logo that looks very sharp. Really? I have to yeah. see this. Yeah, they'll be out uh, on the next episode of Geek Out Loud later on this weekend. Um, the official in the, Down in the album art, you'll see them. Because I actually learned how to put, you told me how to put the album art on now. And so when, <laughs> people, download, when people download Geek Out Loud, they don't just have a blank screen down there. Now playing. On the podcast. <laughs> yeah. 18 episodes, one year later. He's coming along, folks. That's he really right. is. That's right. Today I is did. actually the one-year anniversary of the first ever Geek Out Loud. It is. Friday, yeah. today. Today, October 3rd. the one-year anniversary. Yep. And October, so this is about the time we kind of... We're getting close to our one-year anniversary. <laughs> oh, what did you get me? What did you get me? I bought a shirt. What? Mike Boomhauer from Canada <laughs> is somebody we want to talk about real quick. Mike... Uh, listen, I believe he listens to the Tenth Wonder. I believe that's how he kind of got involved in all this. He's the Crimson M over on Twitter, and Mike devoured Shoe eighty episodes in two weeks, leading up to our hundredth episode. Uh, and I, I'm up, Mike. Late you at are night. a true Shoe looking of the week. He is our. He, <laughs> I hope your leg heals soon, so you can actually get week. back out and have a life. Can we? We need to make that like that Budweiser. We need to. Spotlight on one person. Real week. true shooligans. <laughs> Mr. 80s episode listeners. <laughs> You're in traction, and you've nothing better to do. Here's to you, Mike Boomhauer, for listening to 80 episodes of Shoe in two weeks. That's a lot of listening. <laughs> you sat through the moles. Week. Through the chocolate pies and through all the Civil War. Did those guys really hate each other? I think that's the best idea we've ever had. <laughs> so, yes, maybe you Mr. can be true our true again. Maybe you can be our true shooligan of the week from week to week. <laughs> Email us in and let us know why you're a true shooligan at mail at smallvillepodcast.com. And we will feature one person every week to be the true shooligan. Oh man, we got to get some music together then. <clears throat> Steve, Steve's gonna have to record again. That's kind of our next thing. After we recorded last week's episode, Plastique, I did release the new version of Chocolate Pie uh, through our feed, so people could finally have it as a single. People were actually illegally trying to get <laughs> Chocolate Pie <laughs> through illegal means. I don't know how you can do that. Uh, what illegally? Yeah. Because I I put a I put a protection thing on it. Did you really? <laughs> Why didn't we sell it then? We can. Not now. Everyone's got it. No, we you release one free one and then pump up for the rest of the album. Oh, okay. We're gonna release more. Are we? Dude, they want us to do one. What do you think? I know. I well, we were talking about that just beforehand. That one from Monsters Inc. They want us to do that Randy Newman song. From I think we need to. I, I think we need to change the words. Though. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have shoe. Give me some time to work on that. I think we could make that one really interesting. I do too. We and we still need to do laundry. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, I've got to finish out some lyrics to that so, one. That one's hard to do lyrics to. I think these will be fun every couple of months. They're a little something different to put in the feed, and it's something that Steve and I can do since we can't do videos every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's still fun, and, and everybody, you know, I kind of thought people might complain just because we were using the feed a little bit. Because I mean, there are some people that just want their. There's small little news, they're recapping, nothing more. But um, have you seen all the comments on the website? I mean, all the emails we've got, everything. Everybody loves it. Yeah, I don't check our email because I didn't get any about it, though. 
Oh, well, I'm going to read some today. Okay. Thanks, Trust everyone, me. for sending them to Steve at smallvillepodcast.com. <laughs> true nice. shooligan. <laughs> You're a true shooligan. We're so doing that. <laughs> Mike Boomer, you are our first official true shooligan. And please put in the subject line true shooligan so we can definitely get a handle on those. That is the best idea ever. One want to remind people one more time, um, our new reviewer to the website, new from the end of last season, Angel Wings from the forum. She's one of our moderators. She started doing episode reviews with Descent and did those up through Arctic, and now she's started with Odyssey and Plastic. Those are on the website. New Smallville reviewer at you. So check those out. She does a great comprehensive review of the episode. If you don't have time to listen to Shu, uh, she usually agrees with us pretty spot on. That's right. That, so you can get a text review. So we really like Angel Wings. Because she agrees with us. she agrees with us. And anybody that doesn't agree with us. <laughs> I wish you could see my little face light up when I say that. I was just like... <laughs> it's like you walking down the streets of Atlanta. It's like I've really got a, an audience here in front of me and there's nothing but a wall. How sad are we? I know. <laughs> We really are. I, I take this so seriously. Well, let's get into our Smallville headlines for this week, because we've got a ton of stuff to talk about, not only with Smallville, but also with Superman. And the first thing we want to talk about is Smallville-related. Um, the Graysons, Dick Grayson, popular character in DC Comics Universe, Robin to... Uh, Nightwing. The Robin to Batman. Nightwing. Nightwing, as a, yeah, because he's That's cool who he is now. He's yes. not Robin anymore. Yes. But... Um, Kelly Sanders, Brian Peterson, two of the new executive, I mean, two long-standing executive producers, but now show frontrunners for Smallville. It took over with Todd Slavkin and Darren Swimmer when Alan Miles left at the end of Season 7. The four of them run the show now. They are going to be doing what was done with Superman, with Clark Kent and Smallville, and taking it to a new level with Dick Grayson and his family on the CW in a one-hour drama called The Graysons, centering, about, centering around a young... Dick Grayson, who they are naming in the the pilot DJ. Uh, how do you now? F- what we are being led to believe from all this that if this show is picked up, Kelly and Brian, it will be for the fall season two thousand nine, most likely because that that's just been announced. There's there's a script, but no casting, nothing like that. I can only assume that Brian and Kelly probably wrote the script for the pilot, as this seems to be their pet project. I do not think Todd and Darren have anything to do with this, other than great amount of respect, and. Uh, support for their friends and co-workers i think they're sticking close to smallville kelly and brian will still be on smallville from what we know and even going into season nine as it looks to see that is definitely a lock for season nine with the cw it just seems like they'll be doing this at the same time kind of like alan miles we're going to do with mercy reef and smallville how do you feel about dick grayson before he's robin no, this this hasn't let's this hasn't been picked up by CW. No, this is not. Let's, been I mean, up. let's make that clear to everyone. CW has the option on it right now. <clears throat> um, Brian and Kelly, I don't know if you're listening. Um, I want to talk to you as a fan of your work. I want to talk to you as a fan of Smallville. I'm going to talk to you as a fan of comics. I don't think this can work. I don't think this show will work the the way it's been presented in the public view right now. I don't think that a show about Dick Grayson before his parents die is going to be a very good show. Number one, you're headed to a tragedy. Number two, if for people... Not, not in the show, the, the, the family dying. Right. Let's, let's make sure, let's not be mean. Right, right, right. No, you're headed, you're headed, and, and I mean, I just think that that's kind of a, I don't know, I mean, I, the end result well, is, is let's not... Take a, let's take a step back, Steve, because some of our listeners may not be completely familiar with the origins of Dick Grayson before he becomes... You know Bruce Wayne's young yeah, lord. Yeah, Dick Grayson was a, was a cir- was in a circus performing family. 
The Flying Graysons. The Flying Graysons. And his family was killed. Um, I think they've retconned it to be by Two-Face, just like in Batman Forever, only not as cheesy. But uh, you, by any number of gangsters in Gotham, you just take your pick, and, and that's been who the murders have been pinned on. Bruce Wayne took Dick Grayson to be his ward. In other words, he, instead of being a ward of the state, Dick Grayson was a ward of Bruce Wayne. It's kind of an, a foster parent sort of situation. And this is and, something you see... From old, from the comics, long ago, from the 1960s TV show, that's Dick yep. Grayson. Yeah, you know, all of this. Uh, and he trained him to fight. He trained him to use his acrobatic skills to be his sidekick in fighting crime. And he became Robin, um, the Boy Wonder. Now Dick Grayson has since grown up, and he is now Nightwing, his own superhero in another town, in DC Comics. Uh, there have been two other Robins, one of which died. His name was Jason Todd. Uh, he died, and Nobody then the Joker, right? And now the current Robin is a, is a kid named Tim Drake, who is probably uh, a lot of people are saying he's their favorite Robin. Even some, even more so than Dick Grayson. He is my like favorite Robin. Robert. I love Tim Drake. Um, here's the thing, though, about Dick Grayson. My friend Michael Bailey from Views from Longbox made this point, and I and I agree with him. Dick Grayson's not interesting until his parents die. Um, there, you know, there's really you. He he never had the mindset to be driven toward the superhero lifestyle. He never had any reason to even be. He was just a circus performer, right? Um, you know. Now, if they actually took and made the show just Grayson, uh, drop the S and drop the V, um, and made the show about Dick in his college years as he's trying to separate himself from Batman and on the path to becoming Nightwing. Then I think you might have an interesting show, but I just I honestly, uh, this is not a slight on Brian and Kelly. This is not. This is just I don't see how this idea can work and be interesting. Uh, you know, I just don't. I'm not. It doesn't do anything for me. Is that too negative? No, I don't think that's too negative because you have to have an open mind about these kind of things. And definitely, I think we were a little bit worried. Uh, this is before you and I were started talking. I was worried about an Aquaman show. Um. Given from what Alan Miles had done with Aquaman on Smallville, and then they turned around and did Mercy Reef and did their own incarnation separate from Smallville, I was concerned about a show based around, you know, Arthur Curry before he's Aquaman. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure you're with me. Usually you agree, so I'm just making sure you're with me. Um, so I'm, 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 I want to know more. I guess is my thing. I, I, the the name kind of bothered. I don't like D, DJ. Uh, I like DG. No, no call just him call DG. him Dick. Just call, call him D, Dick. Call him DG. That's kind of cool. Call him Dick. I had, a, I had a friend in college named DG. The guy could could float a keg like you couldn't believe. Call him DG. Call him Richard. Call him Richard. Whatever. But um, I think that I, I want to know an age. Well, see, that's the thing is because we is, don't really know. We don't have a whole lot of information at this point. I'm not a super comic book purist. You know, like, if you kind of stay to the heart of the character and everything, everything doesn't have to line up exactly. But it even bothers me if this isn't a 10- or 11-year-old boy on the show, or younger. Yeah, if you he's know, 18. Because you can't get him into college and then suddenly his parents die. This the, this show doesn't have an indefinite lifespan. Because that was one of the problems I had with Batman Forever. Chris O'Donnell was so old. Yes. When when he became That was Robin. just one of the problems with Batman yeah, Forever. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um... Also, Mick G, who is directing, who did the the Charlie's Angels movies, who's executive producer on Supernatural, is directing the new Terminator film. He is also going to be executive producing along with Kelly and Brian on this. Um, 
I, I, I just want to know more about it because I feel like I don't, you know, it says that he's going to face challenges involving first loves, young rivals, and his family as he grows up. I like that we're going to get a look at, we don't get a whole lot of look at Dick Grayson before his family dies because, as you said, it's not that interesting to the comic book fans because he doesn't get interesting until he until his family dies, until Bruce Wayne yeah. picks him up. Yeah. So... But I mean, look do you at it think from, that do you think that Brian and Kelly have just enjoyed being in the superhero world and playing in the superhero world so much that they're that they're trying to stay in that realm and that genre, and this is all WB will give them? No, I don't think that at all. Because uh, I think there's several different ways they all DC, go. I guess I should say, would give them DC. I think that they have an idea, and they've got a really cool spin on it. They're just not ready to unveil it yet. I think they're being vague. I think they're not telling a whole lot about it. I think they're just wanting to hint at this is what they're doing. And then they're going to drop this bombshell on us on how cool it may actually be. Because I think there's a lot to this story that they're going to have to come up with, of course. They're going to have to pull from their own minds as well as comics history um, and make it... I mean, this does not need to turn into another bird's prey. Well, and that's what I fear. I fear that, you know, that... If you try to, because I feel like you've got to mess with the source material so much to do things the way that they're wanting to do, and, well, and, I'm, I, and I'm afraid I, you're. It kind of goes back to his age. Well, again, like I say that if you do it, if you're doing, if you call it Grayson, and you're doing a Dick Grayson in college who is trying to distance himself from that life that he used to live as boy, as the boy wonder, and doesn't necessarily have a desire to go back into the superhero realm, but he keeps getting drawn back into this whole Nightwing thing. I think you can get something interesting, more interesting there. Yeah, but I bet DC won't let them do that. I'm sure they won't. Um, I, uh, DC's I think, confusing to me. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I mean, there's a lot tied up in what they're <laughs> wanting to reboot with their movie franchise that they feel like has suffered over the past few years. So they're wanting to keep options open. I can understand well, that. And they since, need to. They need to. Well, they need to start getting some options working. I'm, see, this. I, I know we're going to get off on a tangent here that has nothing to do with the Graysons, but. It, I, I'm sorry. I'm very frustrated when it comes as a movie fan when it comes to what DC and Warner Brothers is doing with their superhero properties, which is basically nothing, because it's like they can't seem to figure out what to do. It's like, hey, look over at Marvel. You well, know, that's what? what they're trying to do now. Steve. And granted, Marvel's done a lot of let's throw it against the wall and see what sticks, but at least there's some stuff sticking. You well, know? I mean, now Marvel's up in their game with Iron Man and the Hulk, and they're trying to you know take things forward. And DC and Warner Brothers are trying to do that now. They are. They're really trying to reinvent themselves. They're trying to bring all their superheroes to the forefront. Definitely the the top three. And, you know, they've got sustained with Batman now, and now, they're, now we're going to reboot Superman. But, I mean, these are long-dead franchises that they're trying to redo, too. That they're trying to... And then, and then sometimes it didn't even work out. I mean, you had... Superman that had been dead since Superman 4, and they didn't like what happened with Superman Returns. You've got Batman that they tried to reboot with Batman Forever and suffered with between that and Batman and Robin, your favorite superhero movie of all time, Steve. Yes, yes. And <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face. And <laughs> and and failed, kind of like they feel like they did with Superman Returns, and then they came back with Batman Begins. So they are trying, and, and they are in the works. They're not just sitting on this. But it is a, it is a lengthy process to go through. The good thing with like Iron Man is they had nothing to go off of. They start fresh. Well, you know, here's the thing though, and I also want to say what Marvel did with their with their characters. You take someone like 
Spider-Man, he was wrapped up in litigation for years. Right. You know, there was so much that went on with the Spider-Man character. There was so much that went on with all these other different things that happened. You know, Marvel kind of stepped back and they said, well, let's do a Blade movie. You know, let's get this character out there. Yeah. And and they sold the rights to do Blade. And, and the first Blade movie was outstanding. And what they did is they said, let's really kind of test the waters with our lesser character here, you know, and see how this is going to work out if someone takes it seriously. Then you throw out X-Men. I'm, I'm sorry, Marvel's real first big attempt at, at a movie was X-Men. Right. Uh, you know, what's giving someone their characters. And like or hate the first X-Men, it was successful, I thought. And and I well, thought... Do you it, like it, or hate it? I mean, what do you... I liked it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd, it, I'm not a big X-Men fan, so I wasn't, like, really married to any certain way to do the X-Men, but I enjoyed that movie, and I really enjoyed X-Men, too. And and I'm just saying that I think that, I think that DC is making it, and Warner Brothers together are making it more complicated than it needs to be. Let's get some scripts going, guys. You know, let's just start by saying let's... You I know, got who, one we sitting right here. I know you do, you know. I mean, but let's, you know, let's go with some of our lesser characters, yeah. our lesser known characters. You know, try, you know, try out a, let's try it. Let's just try some, let's just start trying some stuff out. You know, don't put, take your lesser known characters, put less money behind them and, and get a quality filmmaker in there to do it. I mean, that's what, and now that's the route Marvel's going. I mean, you look, you take a John Favreau who is, and John Favreau is excited about Iron Man. You know, he's not just, this is a job for me. I mean, John Favreau genuinely likes what he did, and he genuinely likes the character, and he is genuinely looking forward to doing the second one. Right. So much so that he's basically put everything else he had an idea to do on hold because Marvel wants it out in uh, 010. Right. So. But TV. I'm sorry. That's okay. I know you get passionate. I do too. <laughs> but I think. I really think that they wouldn't do this if it was just going to be this really boring family. I, I mean, if, if it was like seven, Seventh Heaven, but with the Graces, I mean, I, I really don't see that. If they didn't have some meat to the story, I don't think they'd go to the trouble. I just, I, my thing is, when it comes to the character of Dick Grayson, I don't see how you can do the do the hero's journey with him, and, and with because that all starts for him when his parents die. You know, this is a kid that's content to live in the circus, you know? Yeah, if it's going to be a little I mean, teeny I mean, drama, if it's going to be a teen drama, I'm not tuning in, you know? But, I mean, there are people that argue, and we're not two of these people, but there are people that argue that Clark's story really doesn't start till he puts the cape on. Then they don't understand Superman. <laughs> Dick Grayson didn't have powers to have to grow up with and content with, you know? Dick Grayson never has powers. I mean, that's I don't even know if a Nightwing show would work out that well. Well, I don't think it's about the superpowers. I, the reason I think a Nightwing show would work out better is because you've got the struggle of here's what I was, here's what I don't want to become, but maybe I'm headed toward this way anyway. With Dick Grayson, you've got, oh, I'm a little happy circus boy. Oh, I got my heart broken. Uh, I'm going to watch, I'm gonna watch it. I'm going to watch it because I've, I've got high hopes for it, and I love Kevin oh, Bryan. Yeah, if, 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 if it comes out, I'll watch it. Hello. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not <laughs> it's a DC character. I mean, we're not going to do Star Wars right. Flying Graysons or anything, but I, you know, I really think that they, that they might be onto something here. And I know there's a lot. I mean, it's all across the board. People are either excited about this or they're kind of, you know, groaning. But I trust the two of them a whole lot, a whole heck of a lot. So I'm I'm interested to see what they might can do with the character because they're going to be allowed to retool him, of course, and add new history and do different things with it. It's the same that they've done with Clark on Smallville. 
So there's a lot of things. I mean, there, there's no. I mean, probably not going to be able to have a Bruce Wayne on the show. But well, and, and you're going to be what traveling. If it, a what lot. if this whole what if this whole thing that they're putting out for the public right now is just kind of a. I mean, because they really just said, "Here's what's work. Here's what we're working on," and left it at that. There's not a lot of information there. What if they did that just to kind of misdirect from what they're really working on? No. Okay. I don't think so. I think that, um, and I think also one of the things I'm excited about, Mick G coming into the story, is gonna. It almost will have a supernatural feel to it in the way that Sam and Dean are always on the move. I mean, the Graysons will constantly be moving around. Well, they're circus folk. Exactly. Gypsies. Nomads, you know. Small hands. Gypsies. Smell like cabbage. You know, so... Gypsies, uh, tramps, and thieves. So, uh, they're never going to be in one place. Obviously, at some point, they're going to end up in Gotham. You just gave me nothing on a share reference. I can't... I can't give you anything anymore. You have topped out to me, sir. You oh, come out of nowhere. You come out of left field with these things, and I never know what to make of them anymore. So I, I let you have your 30 seconds of quiet. I let you do what you're going to do, and then I just shut up, and then I start talking again a few seconds later, and I choose, sir. I choose not to edit it out in an ed- editing session of this. I choose to leave it in there just so you can get a few laughs out of it on the forums and a few emails sent in, and I just let you have it, and I brush it off and shake my head and then I go right back into the episode I do that every freaking week thank you you are dumb that is dumb I am through I'm through <laughs> realize you had all that pin of angst there buddy it's been a um, long ass day <laughs> I want to remind everyone Smallville is on iTunes <laughs> my car got broken into <laughs> and you can also uh, pick those up on Amazon Unbox and uh, still so, CWTV.com. And that's something we didn't announce last week. It is back. It is on iTunes. You can get the first three episodes now. You can go ahead and get a season pass and go ahead and pay for all the episodes right now. And as they become available, they will instantly download into your iTunes. Probably not a good idea if you don't have a very fast internet connection because that'll kill you. But um, you can also go to CWTV.com and watch them live streaming for free, as you have been able to every other show on the CW for a year now, but now now you can do it too with Smallville, or Amazon Unbox, which, um, by the way, still I still think does not work with Mac. So that's going to be a Windows thing that also can download to your TiVo, though, which is something I did with Chuck last season. I downloaded them from Amazon Unbox, and they went straight to my TiVo. And I would just watch Ooh. them on my TV. So that was kind of fun. Hmm. So remember that there's no excuse to not be watching Smallville now. If you want to watch something else on Thursday nights... Fine, but, you know, and it's this thing, it's this whole thing that Nielsen ratings and everything is going to have to start taking notice of all these other ways to get a hold of a show, whether it be illegally through BitTorrent, whether it be through live streaming websites, something like Hulu or CWTV.com, also iTunes. It- well, I think now because there's so much, and and I've and I've only been using iTunes aggressively in the past few months, but I mean, it seems like. This this whole season pass thing you can get with iTunes now with what Amazon's doing with Unbox and I have been using Amazon for a while and so the whole Unbox idea on the TV shows and everything is is relatively new with them. You you've got to look at those figures and see what's being done. The, the forget Nielsen the 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 broadcasters need to look at those things. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nielsen that, is I I mean everything's moving online. Yeah, I think Nielsen's getting a little outdated. Nielsen is outdated. Nielsen's is as outdated as a cable box. I mean, it, everything is moving online, and you and more people are watching through online sessions than they are on Thursday nights. Yep. That's true with any show right now. 
Because not only do you, have you made it available for this in the United States for people to rewatch, you have people, and then but and then you've also got TiVo and DVR where people are recording it and watching later yep. that aren't home or want to watch something else, and then you've got international viewers, people who yep. people who the seasons won't come on for almost a year out sometimes, who want and to so get they a hold go of the through nefarious now. means. Do what? And so they have to go through nefarious means. Yes, sometimes. Sometimes things. iTunes yeah. works internationally, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes Hulu works. I mean, you you and CWTV. It depends on your region. You know where you're at, where you're located, and whether or not this is going to work out for you. But you, they have to take notice of all this viewership all across the board. It cannot just be narrow cast anymore, just through television. Yep. George Lucas said that's the way it's going. You want to do a little song or dance? I got. <laughs> so I can just shut up for thirty seconds and be like, hur, hur, hur. "I got nothing." Okay. I just I agree with you. Well, I'm scared to do anything else. You're now. you're kind of an old school gamer. Yes, you, you you like, and I am too. I don't I don't get into a whole bunch of new stuff. Although you and I both agree on the Force Unleashed, good stuff. But I'm talking old school Mario. Yes, back in the day, eighty three. Warp to level nine, get the princess. Double Dragon. Yes, Double Dragon, Street Fighter. It was, it was level eight on Mario Brothers. Level eight, excuse me. Um, I was a, uh, Mario Brothers 2 was me. Ah. Uh, Dreamland, I could, I could kill in that. Um, so, this is something that, how, how did you used to play about Mortal Kombat? Did you play a lot of Mortal Kombat? I've never been Nintendo? good at fighting games. No, I, 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 I was never games. too great at Mortal Kombat. Now, in my college dorm, some for some reason I don't know there was like one community TV in in the lobby where everyone would congregate sometimes and hang out, and some of the guys had a Sega old Sega Genesis at the time, and um we did some Mortal Kombat, and I just remember um, whenever anyone would do like a special move or something, all of a sudden the guy would poke out from the bottom and go whoopsie, <laughs> whoopsie. <laughs> That's all you remember about college? Get over here. No, then someone brought in one of those 3DO machines. Remember those? Yes. They were like placed it, and they had a game called Balls that was a fighting game. Balls. And I, I just ran yeah, over I was, a small bus. Balls. I, and I was good at balls. Well, I, I had the first Mortal maybe the first two Mortal Kombats. I don't remember. The reason we're talking about Mortal Kombat, people are probably For scratching. victory. Probably people are scratching their head right now, is Mortal Kombat's coming out with a new next-gen uh, adaptation. That will pit. Mortal Kombat. Never was a fan of the movies either. That will pit Mortal Kombat players versus our characters from the DC universe, including Superman, Batman, the Joker, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, uh, Lex Luthor. I don't remember who. All, I can't remember the rundown of all the characters now. In different locations from Mortal Kombat history and from the DC universe, including the Fortress of Solitude, the Batcave, things of that nature. Um, I remember. Having a huge what the hell moment when I heard about this. Fatality. Do what? Fatality. What do you What do you think about pitting these two genres against each other? I think it's a you know I mean it's it's like making Transformers uh, Star Wars vehicles. Um, I, I just think it's one of those things that happens. I, the game looks cool. the The graphics look good and everything. I mean, yeah, yeah, but okay. Just, let me let me let me take that a step further. I mean, you're it's like having Star Wars characters in Soul Calibur Four. You're just a character fighting. It's not really yes, and that's one thing with Soul Calibur. They always pull weird characters from their games uh, into their games. I mean, like Darth Vader and Yoda. Um, 
let me let me take this a step further because this is something we've actually been asked about in emails. We have these good upstanding heroes like Superman that will not kill right. things like this. You're pitting them against characters that in one of in what originally when the first Mortal Kombat came out was a very bloody uh a gore violent game. Yes. Um yes. and 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 you've got them doing these fatalities and stuff and I've seen the Joker's fatality which is kind of funny to me. What 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 do you feel about these char- I mean these characters literally killing each other? I mean, when kids playing this, and I'm not one of those that jumps on the whole video game. Oh, blame the game. You know, oh, we got to take Grand Theft Auto San Andreas off the shelf. I mean, I'm not, you know, all that. But what what do you think about these comic book characters that these kids look up to, like Superman and Batman having to kill like Sub Zero? Um, I I honestly don't care. I mean, I just that's the way how I th- feel too. <laughs> I mean, I just haven't put that much thought into. I mean, it, you yeah, know? when I see these emails, I'm like, yeah, but it's a game. Right. I mean, I, it's a totally different universe. It's, I, from what I understand, though, I read something I thought where they said the superheroes aren't necessarily going to have fatalities. They're going to have like other ways to finish him. Well, I don't know. I, I, the way I saw the Joker's, I saw a video of the Joker's, and it was dubbed the Joker's yeah, but, fatality. But that maybe right. Well, that's villain. but the Joker is right. he's going to kill. But I'm talking about like the superhero characters, right. like Superman. I, I think I remember reading somewhere that. Um, that they're not going to necessarily have fatalities, so to speak. That it'll be something different for them. I haven't done a whole lot of research on the game just because I'm not... I might play it just because... I would never play it just because it's Mortal Kombat, but I might play it because it is the Superman, Batman, all them aspect. Um, I don't know if I'm going to buy it or anything. I, I, I definitely do it enough. If, if somebody wants to send me a copy to review, I have you know 360, PS3. If someone wants to send me a copy to review, I have a PS2. Oh, it's okay, Stephen. Come here. Real true <laughs> shoeligans. He's only got a PS2. Today we salute you, true shoeligans. You bought Steve an Xbox 360. <laughs> and that's written down in the Book of Lies. Damn, that's a nice gift. That's... <laughs> Oh Lord! Well, let yeah. Let's talk about. The, we yeah. need to start like a shoe book club or something. Hi, got a new, got a new <laughs> um, because we're going to be talking about. about I've, I've got one I want to read. This is one of two we're actually going to be talking about today. The Book of Lies, which is written by Brad Meltzer, um, who is a phenomenal writer. I picked this up two weeks ago, and I have not been able to start reading it yet because uh, I'm reading other things currently. Actually, I'm still finishing. I've got to finish Last Days of hmm. Krypton from Kevin J. Anderson. I haven't gotten a chance. You've been reading to read that since pa- Christmas, the last have two you? Chapters in that. Yeah. No, I took a break. I, I just don't novel? read fluidly. Got some interesting characters. Got some protagonists. Antagonists. Give me a hard time with the protagonists. This this book is called The Book of Lies. The reason we're talking about it on Starkville's House of Vale. Starkville's House of L. Very nice. <laughs> uh, the description reads this. In chapter 4 of the Bible, Cain kills Abel. It's the world's most famous murder. But the Bible is silent about one key detail, the weapon Cain used to kill his brother. That weapon is still lost to history. In 1932, Mitchell Siegel was killed by three gunshots to his chest. While mourning, his son dreamed of a bulletproof man and created the world's greatest hero, Superman. And like Cain's murder weapon, the gun used in this unsolved murder has never been found until now. 
and it kind of jumps forward and then there's this mm-hmm. it's a it's kind of a thriller in the in the sense of uh like da vinci code or something like that all these secrets and hidden clues and everything uh it looks great i can't brad does an amazing job writing so i can't wait to sit down and read this and i'm gonna review it a little bit more in depth of um on shoe when i when i get a chance to what does kane history's greatest villain have to do with superman the world's greatest hero and what the two murders committed thousands of years apart have in common I mean that to me makes me want to pick up the book. Seagull's uncle killed his father. I'm just calling it because apparently it it was brother. I mean, because Abel was or Cain was Abel's brother, so I would imagine that based on that. Now I don't know too much about that story. They never found the assailant. No, no. no. (laughs) I've heard that one multiple times. I don't know. Uh, That's the thing is I don't know how much of this is actually truth and how much of it is just. uh, uh, historical fiction kind of thing uh, that Meltzer's using to, uh, you know, using a little bit of fact to to craft a story with. Right. Well, pick it up and let us know what you think. What you think of it? I know a few people have emailed in uh, and and said they picked it up and they're in the process of reading. I think there's even a thread over on our House of Hell forums about it where you can kind of discuss the book, talk with people that are reading it, see if it's something that might be up your alley. I don't think it gets all preachy or anything. If you're worried about that. Um, I think it just kind of used that as a as a background history of the Cain and Abel story and all that. So uh, let us know what you think about it. I'm I'm anxious to read it. Um, and our other book is uh, that's coming out very soon. It's called First Encounter. I do believe isn't that the name of it, Steve? For, yes, I think something like that. First Encounter, which is written by Kevin J. Anderson, also, and we talked about it in our hundredth episode of Shoe. It is the first encounter of Batman and Superman. I said in the hundredth episode it was going to be during World War II. It's actually during the Cold War. Um, it's Steve Gray, during the I mean, early days of the Cold War, back in the 1950s. Yes, yes, it's um, um, you know between America and the Soviet Union. The and Red Scare. It's going to be very heavily involved with the KGB, Lex Luthor, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, and of course Superman and Batman. Uh, it comes out in 2009. We are going to be interviewing Kevin J. Anderson very soon on the House of L about this book and about Last Days of Krypton. Um, DC has pretty much handed over this territory to him. Um, and they're you know they're officially going off of the last days of Krypton for what happened leading up to the destruction of the planet before Superman left. So that's very cool, and I'm anxious to read this one too because this one also gets me very excited as well. Um, you know, we talked about in the hundredth episode what he wrote and what he didn't write for Star Wars novels that we had read, and I tweeted you one day what I was wrong about, what I was right about. He did he didn't you were right. He did not do Courtship of Princess Leia. Told you, um, but he did do Dark Saber. Yes. Um, yes. And now I can't remember who did Court Super Princess Leia. Uh, I looked at that, and I forget. It, was, uh, it wasn't Karen Travis, but it was someone like... Oh, it was... Oh, who was it? Tell me. You know it. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. You do, too, know it. <clears throat> Give me ten seconds. You know it. I don't know. Tell it. me. I don't know it. Tell me. Tell me who it is. I don't know, dude. Do your little song and dance. <laughs> Entertain the people. I'm Steve Wilson. I host Geek Out Loud. I hate you sometimes. I know. <laughs> Make me so sick. Muffin. Where is it? Who wrote it? Hold on, dude. I don't Dave know. Dave Wolverton. Dave Wolverton. Dave Wolverton. I'm going to remember that name. I will, too. Don't even ask. Just bring I mean, it. I just right. found it as you found it, by the way. Okay. There's one thing we we do want to talk about that, that is more Smallville-related than these Superman and comic-related things, 
and that is the promotional poster we talked about last week that came out after Odyssey aired that showed, Tom, uh, well, it showed Clark and, and Lois and Chloe in the Justice League in front of the Luther Corp, Daily Planet, Metropolis background. And we loved it. I really like it a lot. I do too. It's very I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on that poster, pal. We will drink the Kool-Aid. We got a lot of crap email about that. Well, you know About how people didn't like it. That's their opinion, people. Here's their complaint. They thought that we thought that it was all new images and stuff. I did think it was all new images and stuff. You did not. I always think the new images. I don't know what images what. Steve. Steve. I'm just saying. Okay. That picture of Allison's from season four. Okay. That picture of Erica's from five. Mm-hmm. The Justice League are new images because they were done for Odyssey. But Tom's is wearing black. That's that. I mean, they colored his jacket and shirt red and blue. And there's a fake poster that was promoting the Justice League that circled the internet that that says justice will be served and had him wearing the. It was black, but they somebody had painted it blue and red. And they thought that, and everybody thought that was real. That was not real. CW did not put that out for promotion for the Justice episode of Smallville. But the CW promotional department did paint this his black jacket and black shirt red and blue for this poster. And yes, it is all photoshopped together. Do I care? No. It looks cool. I know they weren't together. I don't care that they weren't together. I think it looks like a badass poster. And I don't care that the images are old. I think they probably could have updated Allison's a little bit. But as far as the rest of them go, they're at least you know a year, year and a half old. So I, I think it's fine. Uh, season 8 for the Justice League, not Season 7. I apologize. You don't care. I, I don't know what people make a big deal of things for sometimes. I don't either. Um, it's like the other night on the on the 10th Wonder Live, cha- on the live show, you know, there's someone who comes in the chat and says, with the screen name J. Coleman, J.C. Coleman, uh-huh. you know, as if he's really Jack Coleman, you know, and um, and someone gets on and says, J.C. Coleman's not really Jack Coleman. I mean, and, and they just, the whole rest of the night in the chat during the show, that was their whole thing, was trying to convince everybody this isn't the real Jack Coleman. And I'm like, I don't think anyone thought he was. <laughs> but Jack Coleman's a big fan of yours, Steve. Oh, nice. Judging by what I saw in the chat from oh, doing the live well, that's show. that's fun times. Well, there are way too many Oscars. Well, my thing is, it's just, you know, people, it's like, if if that's what you want to complain about, if that's what you want to take the time to email us about, the fact that we like the poster, but it's fake, okay. Moving on. I mean, you know, <laughs> get a life. I'm, I, well, everybody just left. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I just were you speaking to Dylan Wolf? Steve? I'm speaking to I'm speaking to just anybody. I mean, y'all, it's a promotional poster. If you don't like it, that's fine, and and send us your opinion that you don't like it. But I like it, and if I'm stupid for liking it, then I'm stupid for liking it. Photoshop and everything. For liking it, you're not stupid for liking. it. You know, it. you're not. That Erica, that's from like season five. I know. That Chloe, good lord, that's like Chloe from season four. And see, we're, we're we're enough geeks that we don't have to get mad about that kind of thing. Look at Tom. Look at old Tom. That's that black jacket he had. They just painted that red. Are you done? I hate this poster. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Steve Glosson. <laughs> All I got to do is smile and people love me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You make me feel so bad for everything that I do. <laughs> well, it's true. 
Talk about drinking Kool-Aid. Steve opens his mouth and everybody's like kids sitting on the kindergarten carpet reading, listening to the teacher why read a you, book. Why are you trying to turn everybody against me? No, I can't. That's just You it. just it's turned like everybody cult. against you is what you did. It's the Church of Steve Glosson is what it is. Welcome. Mm, brethren. All right. Guilty. So let's talk about Toxic. Guilty. Um, our third episode of the season. Very Oliver Queen-centric episode. Giving us the origins of the Green Arrow, which differ from our comic lore and even what will no longer be considered Smallville canon. Well, it doesn't um, really uh, differ from the comic lore. Some. I mean... Some, he's a kid. Okay, I didn't realize in comics he was a kid when that happened. Some. Some, he's grown, more grown up. Um, and, and, and definitely what Smallville tried to do with uh, in Season 6 with uh, Oliver Queen Chronicles, they made him a child. Mm. Or a younger boy, right, not really right. a child. Uh, and now we see that this might have only actually happened right before Oliver hit the hit, hit the hit the scene in season six. Well, I get the idea that it happened right after his parents died. No, wait, no, that boy. can't be the case, can it? He, that's that's yeah. what the the Oliver Queen Chronicles. Hey, let me get my timeline straight in my head here. My idea here is this happened somewhere around season four of Smallville. I agree. Um. Enough time to have him to met Taz. He gets back. He takes control. He, you know, he's he kind of gets. His, I would say season three. Okay. Well, we know he was there two years. Yeah. So, but I would say season two. No, I'd say three because then he's got all of year five. What a coincidence! that the Two millionaires were stranded on beaches at the same time. Ooh. <laughs> How do you not smell all that pepper? Uh, we got over four different flavors of soda. You believe, you believe that? that? We got brown ones, and, and sure enough, we, we got, got clear, clear ones. Mm-hmm. Well, Chloe and Clark are helping the environment, <laughs> quote unquote. Uh, they sure are. At a, Thank you, Clark and Chloe. They're at a a global global warming party uh, sponsored by Oliver at, at the Ace of Clubs, and they they're kind of talking about Tess Mercer, whether or not she's truly as evil as Lex, whether or not she's just a pretty girl how close she was to Lex, what she knows, why he picked her, that kind of thing. Um, Oliver arrives, and as soon as he walks in, he just falls over. You know, they think he's drunk. Uh, Chloe makes the comment, I guess his party started in the limo. I love how Clark and gets Clark's all preachy. Like, Oliver would never be drunk in public. Oliver would he's, never do that. Oliver's like my that. boyfriend. He would never be drunk in public. What are you talking about? Clarlover. Hi, I'm Steve Glosser from <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Oliver says he does not want to go to the hospital. He tells Clark, he says, you know, he says, I've been poisoned. And so they take him to, Cl- they, 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 let's not skip over when he says Chloe's... I've been poisoned. We got to cut to somebody. Save me. Hello. Well, yeah, I still yeah, love that but... opening, by the way. That's fun. I mean, poisoned. that is one of my favorite. Well, it's just my favorite, the song, the whole, the opening credit. I just love it. I still love it to this day. I know, right? Go ahead. Well, they find out he's been poisoned, yes. of course, and they take him to ISIS, which seems to be the central location. Also known as Chloe's now. Poison Control Center. This is now the Chloe Cave. This is no longer the mm-hmm. Lana Cave. This is now mm-hmm. the Chloe Cave. Um, I almost would... She needs to just sleep there. Why isn't this her apartment now? Why is she still at the Talon? Because she likes driving. Well, we have no she reason likes that three and a half hour drive. Most people do. I, there's no reason to believe she's not sleeping there, but... This is yet another episode where we didn't see Smallville. Truth. Well, we did see it last week because she did take her. Yeah, but we uh, didn't see the uh, farm bet. or the barn. We didn't see the farm again yeah. this week, I and mean, all we ever saw Clark in was a suit. 
Well, Davis shows up because Chloe calls him. Davis Bloom, our charismatic mm-hmm. paramedic. And he wants to help with Oliver without going to the hospital, but he he wants to take him to the hospital. He needs to take him in, but but Oliver Oliver pretty much knows he's going to die if he goes to the All hospital. Right. Um, Clark says he's going to look through Oliver's phone to track down his date. He goes back to the party. Was this not awesome? He called the number and then used used the super hearing. Super, yeah, he used the hearing to pick up on yes. the ring. I yep. love that. Um, finds the girl and she's been poisoned as well. Yes. And they they found her in the bathroom. They're carrying her out on a stretcher. He finds the phone ring, and he and and Clark goes and asks what the EMT what happened, and and you know he he fills Clark in. Uh, Lois is at the Daily Planet, um, and has another run in with Tess after um their first run in an Odyssey at the Luther Mansion. Lois is working on this story about this serial killer on the loose. All these people showing up dead, and that's kind of our first. Hmm. I, yeah, I've just glimpse. made the connection to what that's really about. Yes, wow. and, and we won't really yeah. spoil that. We can talk about it in spoilers, but if you are kind of following Shu and you're kind of following what's happening with one central character, you... I just totally kind of made that idea. connection, my Lanta. <laughs> oh, I'm Steve Glosson. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm Steve Glosson, and I'm an idiot. Good night. Sorry. I love you. <laughs> Man, I know, I really feel stupid because well, like, I'm just now making no. that connection to what that story is. But the, it's it's a it's a brushed over line. It happens real quick. Lois spats her lines off whoever she's talking to. Not in a bad way, but that's how she is. She's very abrupt. So, I, I mean, that's the way that went down. Right. So, I mean, you you don't really... It kind of just sounds like almost that extra... Yeah, but I mean, that's sometimes. the thing. that To me, that I love that style of writing where it's just so oh, cleverly put in there really quickly, not really thought about, and you just move on. And so that now a few weeks down yeah. the road, everyone who's wondering what we're talking about now will be like, oh. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, um, uh, Lois, uh, well, Tess tells Lois that, you know, Oliver's collapsed and that she's not going to get to write the story because she still has feelings for Oliver yeah, probably. Yeah. The poison is causing Oliver to have all these flashbacks to when he was shipwrecked on this mm-hmm. deserted island. And he's trying to find something to eat. You know, he can't. And he begins to hone his skills, um, create, uh, making makeshift bows. Well, he own. does the whole uh, survivor man thing. He goes up to the little uh, millipede and, and even has a com- yeah. you know that moment like I, I've got to do this because I'm. But he can't bring himself to do it. Then he sees, and I just want to say something real quick about because I don't know where everyone is from that listens to this show, but if you've ever dealt with a wild boar, uh, you don't want to run up and try to catch one of those things. Those right. pigs will tear you up. <laughs> Can you believe that? you believe that? That's a pig, and it'll beat you up. Oh. Oh, snap. I see what's going on here. Is it me? You tell, you tell so, me. Um, yeah, but anyhow, yeah, so that, you know, and he goes after it, but it runs away. Um, and that's what causes him to have to decide to do that, which I thought was cute. Yeah. But he's he's really, I mean, he's getting good over the course of, some period of time he's even created himself it was a great montage and a great new theme like that was music we hadn't really heard before that was playing and hopefully that's now even though we're not going to see a whole lot of green arrow between now and probably episode nine or ten i hope that it does somehow become the green arrow theme that's his music so to speak um he hears some noise some people talking after he's after this montage he goes to find out he touches this flower and he Everything kind of happens the same way it did for him when he walked in Ace of Clubs. Everything kind of gets right. Right. He scratches himself. Lois shows the up at the ISIS found it. Do he I didn't really, it's not the flower; it's the thorniness that causes the poison right. to be able to inject in his blood. 
Right, it's the horniness. The, porn, the thorniness. Oh, the thorniness. Right. What, did, wait, what did you hear? I heard flower. Never mind. Um, so, <laughs> uh, well, Lois shows up at the ISIS Foundation. She's wanting to help out, and they kind of figure out that um, she figured out that he's not drunk. That she's sitting by his bedside. Well, I love how Lois runs in, though, and she's like, looks at Chloe. She's like, all right, we need this. You need to go down the da-da-da, get this, 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 and a dill pickle. It's got a, it's like a hangover formula that involved a right. dill pickle or something. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, Oliver's mumbling in his in his fevered phase the word mercy over and over again. Well, Oliver keeps mumbling this word over again, mercy. Which is awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. We're back on the island. He's covered in leeches, and we see that kneeling over him is Tess Mercer. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have an interaction. She tells him that she that he'd be dead in twelve hours if it wasn't for the leeches, and they couldn't go to a hospital. They would have definitely killed you in an instant. Yep. Um, she and her friend were doing some marine biology stuff. They were kidnapped by these drug runners, and Oliver and Tess begin to bond a lot as uh, Tess explains what happened. A speedboat attacked her boat. They were on like this school trip. Mm-hmm. Which I, I kind of want an age place. I know we never really got an age placement on any of our characters, um, other than back in season two when we uh, when we figured out was that right? Yeah, so fifteen, sixteen was season two, seventeen was three, eighteen was four, nineteen was tw- wait, I got lost there. Nineteen was five, mm-hmm. twenty was six, yep. twenty one was so so yeah. Clark's twenty two, right? Or he will be twenty two at the end of this season. So, uh, or we'll be, or no, we'll be 23 at the end of the 23. So, um, I, I kind of want an age placement on her cause this is only about three years. This is what we say. We'd, we'd like this to be around season yeah, four. But so this is about I, what I understood though. If you're doing stuff like that with marine biology, if you're going out, you're doing graduate work at that point. Most likely. So she's so, probably yeah. at that point around 23, 24. I would say she's similar in age to Lex, maybe a little younger. Well, we, We've always done Lex as a good deal, good deal older than Clark. I always figured about five or six years older. Because we know in season one he's over twenty one. Yes. So and that's that's seven years older than Clark right there. Right. So so we know he's probably at l- he's at least seven years older than Clark. I would say six years older than Clark because I thought Clark at season one was fifteen. Six years. <laughs> Mississippi math. Six years older than Clark. Right. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I would expect Tess to be probably about 27, 28 yeah. years old. Yeah, right around the, right around the age. Of Lex. Yeah, right around the same age as Lex is. Um, but she's telling them kind of all what happened. The, um, the kidnappers figure out that this is Oliver Queen, and they're, they're going to hold him for ransom. And when he kind of stands up to him, they shoot the. They just straight up shoot this girl. Yeah, he doesn't even camera. stand up to him yet, and they just like blow her brains out. Yeah, yeah, it shot her dad. And, and that was kind of graphic ribs. for Smallville. The the way that shot was. Yes, it was the way they filmed that whole thing. Um, <clears throat> very. Now we're back at the. We go to the hospital, and Clark has shown up to check on this girl that that Oliver was with, and Davis is there, and Davis says, "You know, she's fine. You know, Oliver was way off on his prediction." She's perfectly fine. We cured her. And Good old shot of almost, adrenaline. Yeah. Just Which we just heard Tess on the island tell him, you know, if if anyone else said this, they'd have put adrenaline in you and it would have killed you quick. Right. Within Yeah. So, and she immediately goes into shock and has a heart attack, goes into rhythm and dies right there in the room in front of Clark and Davis. We go way back to, go, to the Davis. ISIS. Yeah, way to go. We go back to the ISIS Foundation and 
Lois is talking to Oliver in his fevered state. And while Chloe's in the Chloe cave, she's doing research on the poison and she's doing it like a madman. You know, she's going through all the stuff. I mean, and she's talking to Clark and Clark's like, you are the smartest person I know. How the hell are you doing this though? Because he doesn't know about her new ability at this point. And well, he's putting two and two together now, right? He's finally figuring out that, that she's just mouthing off of the stuff. And then he sees her reading all this information at lightning fast speed off the monitors until she lands on the, on the right flower. one flower. Yeah. And you know, and then, <clears throat> She finally figures out that he finally figures out that he got it from Brainiac. Well, can I tell you that I love that Clark is sitting there the whole time and he's doing the thing where this is so dangerous you can't be this way. You know, it's like, hey, Clark, got poison in the other room. Use it right now. You know, I'm like, I'm totally agreeing with Chloe. I'm like, yeah, just let her use it right now and then worry yeah, about just, all the consequences we'll get, we, later. We'll have the sit down conversation about your powers later. Let's just get to that because <laughs> I mean, and and Clark has to wonder. Well, obviously she didn't have her ability because she didn't save me. In in Montana, why didn't she save Oliver? Obviously, she doesn't have it. What's what's going on in the head of hers now? Well, the the toxin has been narrowed down to the specific flower in the South Pacific, and she's going all through. She said thanks to Lex, the entire Luther Corp poison database is like the hugest, the biggest thing on Earth, with all these details about all these different flowers and all this stuff. Clark's going to have to go talk to Les uh, Tess to figure out what's going on yep. for the antidote. He goes to talk to her and. She figures out it's Oliver, but doesn't let on that she really knows him. She tells him that the antidote's in Brazil, but it would never make it back here in time. At ISIS, um, Lois is still sitting by Oliver's bedside, and he's about to go, he's about to die. And this is about go time for him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, all I mean, Clark's, I, mean, I, I know for budgetary reasons we didn't see Clark run to Brazil, but God, I would have liked to. <laughs> Okay, I got to pull back the curtain here a little bit. Okay. The uh, the recap you sent me, and this is for the fans. I think everyone will get a kick out of this. I didn't realize that you didn't write it until a moment ago when when something went happened. And uh, and on this actual recap, as I'm reading along here, following you, here's the sentence: At the apartment, Lois packs Oliver nice because he's getting way too hot in every way imaginable. <laughs> what if I didn't know that you didn't write this? <laughs> I'd be thinking, Derek. Uh, got got a thing for Oliver Queen, do you there, buddy? I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, he's we're done getting here. way too hot in every way imaginable. <laughs> Dude, I write these things at like three in the morning after I watch the episode. I don't know what I write down. Hello, no, hello, write teen that. girls. I did not write that. Well, Oliver no, didn't write that. That's true. Oliver's that is what she said. Yes. Oliver is helping Tess through work through all this trauma of seeing the friend die. And, um, wow, there is a lot. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, Derek, you know, there's uh, very little the half-naked hunk can't cure. Oliver made himself vow that if he ever got off the island, though, he's going to change his ways. He said, you know, he, right. after being there two years, he wants to stop being greedy, this spoiled little boy. And he's going to use some, some, some fighting skills here. He's, he's going to save the day. Dude, he... Oh, my gosh. I mean, the, the, the whole getting taking her little rubber band off her hair when he hugs her and everything to just start to put together this little, almost like a mini crossbow thing under his arm to, so he yeah. can use it. Oh my gosh. Good stuff. Oh, Good it was stuff. amazing. Well, um, as it comes to fruition here, um, Oliver wakes up, um, after he's 
taking care of the kidnappers. You know, they've, they've let him outside. They're taking him to the boat, and he takes care of them. Although the main guy, well, he, they don't kill. Right. Well, he tells the guy, guys, like, you're just going to leave me here to die. He's like, if you can get to the leech pond, you'll be okay. you got 12 yeah. hours to do it. Yeah. And so, um, so you know, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this could be interesting now. Yeah. So then there's the whole little Oliver telling Tess, you ready to go home? Hey, let's, let's do the thing. Yeah. So Oliver wakes up saying mercy again, over and over again, and tells Clark they've got to go save Tess Mercer, that the, knowing the same person who killed him is going to target her as well. And of course, and as she goes out to her car, her, her tires have been slashed, and the guy shows up. Yeah, the guy shows up and tries to, and is about to kill her, and she fights back. And I love the line, you are the one of the men that, in my life that taught me how to fight back. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool because yep. I mean she wells on him, but she gets knocked out at the same time. Right. And Clark comes in and blow in a very cool <laughs> shot. He visions the, the all the power couplers above his head, and they just swing down and ram into the guy, taking yeah. him out. So she's fine. Um, which didn't really like it scarred him pretty bad at the end of the episode or anything. But um, Oliver comes to Luther Mansion to talk to Tess. And they talk about seeing each other, and you kind of get pretty much the feeling that they had a relationship after they got back. And Did you kind of get that feeling? I do. Well, because she talked about how you never said goodbye, and and you and as a viewer, you realize that what happened is is he was going off to be Green Arrow, and he just had to leave her. Yeah. And and so he yeah one day for, in in her mind one day he's just up and gone, you know. And so obviously that was some hurt she had to deal with and that kind of thing. And 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 it's just one of those things that made her, you know, harder. You know, as far as you know, just being a steely hard person. I mean, that's you know that played into that. And so and let's remember this isn't the first time we've seen them on camera together this season because of course Green Arrow was in the tent when right. Tess was there right. in Odyssey. Yep. She just she might have an inkling, but she doesn't really know that. Oh, I don't think she has a clue. Yeah. Well, um, they kind of patch. I don't know. It is an awkward scene, given that we really didn't know that we had a relationship until this scene, because we saw them meet, and then there was some time that we never saw, and now we know that at some point they they had a relationship and they broke up. So a scene between them was very cool. Um, with all this past knowledge, she gives him this file that says, you know, I kind of thought maybe this would help ease the pain of your parents' loss. And we find out it's the log record, the flight records from the day his parents' flight went down. Yeah, I didn't, I never picked up exactly what it was. I knew that it was information that would let him know that Lionel had a hand in his parents dying, but I didn't know. I never picked up exactly what it was. Well, I, I mean, I think it was, and what he tells Clark later on is, you know, as there was a lot of, because they go back to, um, um, Clark goes to talk to Oliver at Ace of Clubs, and he confronts Clark about knowing all this in a very cool scene. Another one of those scenes that was kind of like the beginning yeah, that of season was six probably where he's challenging him in the loft. Uh, one of the better scenes so far this season. I mean, those two really play. Anytime those two are together, they play real well off of each other. And when and when Justin gets to that point so, where yes. he's playing the role of being belligerent or angry, and he's confronting Clark. He always, you know, it's always real good, and it and it just kind of lights up the screen. And that's what happened there. But you know what? I never, I, I didn't think that Clark knew that Lionel had done that, though. And I guess that's what kind of surprised me sitting there. Uh, no, because Patricia pretty much told him that last season that he killed oh, yeah, all the other members yeah. of Veritas. But Clark didn't have any proof of that. No, but I mean, he just knew in his heart. I mean, he he trusted Patricia. He trusted the Swans. So I mean, well, he I, knew. That I that trusted was... Patricia. And she's gone. 
So I mean, that was that, that was pretty much toxic, you know. Clark says he was going to try to. He didn't want to tell him because he was afraid of what he'd done. Oliver's like, you think I would have killed him? I wouldn't have killed him. You know, I survived much worse than that. Maybe you haven't found your island yet, Clark. Which I thought was pretty cool. And then Tess mm. straight up kills the, the like, and heartlessly kills the guy. I thought that was awesome. She well, you know, then after after you have that whole confrontation with with Clark and Oliver, um, you've got Clark and Lois together. You know, and it's really interesting to see Clark give Lois kind of the the. The talk, and there was another great Clark and Lois moment when Lois was sitting there crying over Oliver, and Clark just walks in and puts his hand on her shoulder and everything. But this whole thing ends with a great, great moment with Tess after after having a Chloe and Davis conversation. Um, the The kidnapper guy is getting into a cab and he's getting ready to fly out of town, and before he can shut the door, of course, he's got a sling on his arm. She stops him. And it's Tess, or someone stops him, and it's Tess, and she leans over and says, who do you think paid your bail? And he's sitting there with his bare hand in the open, and she scratches him with this flower. And he starts to go, you know, starts to go into that mode of passing out or looks like a heart attack, whatever. And she looks at the cop, or she looks at the cabbie, and she says, um, he's, he's having a heart attack, you need to take him to the hospital. And because she knows when he gets to the hospital and they realize he's poisoned, they'll put adrenaline in him and kill him. Yeah. And the ending shot is she just drops the flower on the ground and runs over it, and the and the back of her car says the tag of her car says no, no mercy. mercy, and that was awesome. That was very cool. Yeah. So I, I what, what do you give it on a on a five scale? Um, <clears throat> I give it a strong three and a half out of out of five. A strong three and a half hmm. to four. I mean that's how much I enjoyed it. It's a four. Strong three and a half to four. I'm going to go like a two and a half. Really? Three. I just really wasn't... I mean, I liked it, and I, and I enjoyed our look into Tess's past a little bit, but I don't know. I, I just, I mean, I, huh. I got, I, I, I was a little bored with it. It was, it was good. It was really well written, and I really did like our montages and everything. But I, it kept building towards something, and then it kind of leveled you, off. You're gonna, you're gonna really talk all really good about plastic last anything. week, and then say that this leveled off. See, but the, there's elements of plastic that I thought made the episode on a whole so much greater, and also so much of our. See, I thought this really built with well with, with Clark everything. showing up with the cure, and you know, and, and Davis being there to apply it, and then. And then when when Oliver says you got to go save Tess, and it's a classic Clark moment where he shows up and kind of secretly saves her, you know, saves someone they don't really realize what has happened. And I know, I just, I, I really is, and there's also okay, um, Oliver. They were all gonna lay low. Why is Oliver back in Metropolis? I mean, I know he's a cast member this season. I knew it was coming, but I wanted a reason why he was back to raise money for global warming. I mean, what? What more? What? Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! Derek Russell hating on Steve just... this episode of Shoe. No, I love you. I love you. You're like Alf. Wow, I take that as a huge compliment. You're, you're like my you. Alf. You are my Gordon really? Shumway. Mm, that sounds dirty. No, doesn't you're it? my. I Alf. mean, you're my Willie. I'm your. Mm. I'm your Willie. Yes, that's what she said. Um, well, all right, let's get in some emails real quick. Hey, let's see, I, I, let's see what the people are saying. Okay, well, I, I but I will say I'm going to go, I'm going to go three out of five. 
Because I do love Green Arrow. Okay, so you know we got um, average out about a three point two a three point two five out of five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's get into some emails. This one here is from Trisha. Trisha says, "Oh my God, I can't thank you guys enough for Steve's amazing rendition of Too Late for Chocolate Pie. I honestly cannot stop listening to it and laughing in delight." I also have to say this song somewhat soothed my bitter disappointment over the fact that Smallville evidently no longer includes current songs in their episodes. The music of Smallville has always been one of my favorite things about the show. I still can't believe they've ended it, but after two episodes with a musical score only, which of course is still wonderful, I don't know what other conclusion I can draw. No more episode any montages backed by the haunting lyrics for the latest emo alternative rock song? Bummer. It's the end of an era. And that's from Trisha. That reminds me. Our good friend James Carrington, who I hope to be spending some time with overseas this Christmas, uh, is finishing up his new CD, his new studio CD, that is. He's doing the vocals as we speak, and I hope it will be out in the uh, spring of 09. Hoping somewhere around in April it'll be available. But he has a new acoustic CD available with a bunch of new tracks. I think it's like 20 new tracks that he is selling personally. And we're not doing it, he's not doing it through us. Um, because I haven't seen James in a while. But here's how you want to do it. If you want one of these CDs, email us, mail at smallvillepodcast.com with the subject line, James Carrington CD. We will forward those to James, and through PayPal you'll be able to pay for those, and he will send you the CD, um, which is really great. It's got a bunch of new stuff on there. It's some acoustic tracks even of what's going to be on the new album. So so check that out. I'm, I'm excited for another rendition of James Carrington songs. I think he's even adapted Ache a little bit. He's updated it some. Have I told you I'd ache? Um, Thank you, Trisha, for those kind words. Appreciate that. On chocolate pie. And I agree. I kind of miss the pop music at the end of the episode as well. But I'm loving the I love the score. Yeah, I do too. I love the score. All right, this one here is from Khalif. Khalif says, I have a theory on Doomsday. Now that we know when Clark came out of the Phantom Zone, there were several criminals that escaped from there. We also know that we're phantoms that could take over the body of a human. Now, what if there was one that got out that we didn't know about, i.e. Doomsday, and it could have been in Davis's body all this time, which could explain how he and Doomsday share the same body, and this could allow the writers to stray slightly from the comic book version of Doomsday's origin. How do you guys think they will... How do you guys think they will tell how he and Doomsday are not one and the same? <laughs> Loving the new season your comments on the episodes, Khalif. Steven? That's a good theory. Okay, this one's for... <laughs> I mean, that's uh, Kalisa, that really is a good theory. Uh, if you talk to some of the, the former shoe crew members, uh, they're going to tell you that, that, there were, that they already had too many phantoms from the Phantom Zone because of the number of lights that were in the sky and all that stuff. And the episode is odd. Um, and I, I could totally see what you're saying, and I could see that being the case. I think that'd be neat. Uh, I think you're going to be surprised, as a lot of people are, at the whole doomsday situation. Over the course of uh, Prey and Bloodline, you're going to find out a little bit more about Davis and Doomsday, so it'll be interesting to see where they take the character with those episodes as this whole um, serial killer thing comes to light after we saw it at the end of Plastique. This one here is from uh, The Village Vidiot. Hmm. Okay. Village Vidiot says, I'm going on a limb here with an idea and not too much support. It seems to me that th- that Tess is acting like Lex in her words, inflections, and body language. Now, it may be that this is simply the effect of putting this character in the bad guy role that was meant for Lex, and I have no inkling or idea as to how this would be, or whether it was intentional or accidental, or whether Tess slash Lex is aware of this. 
is Tess Lex. However, it could explain Lex's disappearance on the show, why Lex is nowhere to be found in the world, and why he would pick Tess to take his place. Crazy? Keep up the good and hard work. Okay, you asked two questions there. Number one, is Tess Lex? No. Crazy? Yes. You are. But I think you were just having fun. Yeah, I, I can see. Well, I've seen that theory bannered around by several people, though, that Tess is kind of a Lex clone or of some sort, and that's not the case at all. Yeah. Good stuff. Tess is Tess. Tess is Tess. This one here is from Brian in Rockland, New York. What's up, Brian? Brian says, Derek and Steve, congratulations on your 100th episode, and thank you to everyone who emailed in, and thanks yes, us for Yes, thank you episode. so much. There were so many of those that it's impossible to read. Some of them that had some more meat to them I, I pulled out, though. Um, this is uh, this is Stout Dark L on the forums. <laughs> Just got that. Uh, congratulations on your 100th episode. I really appreciate your hard work on the podcast and the humor and insight you provide. What I like best about is how much you do a professional <laughs> wait, job. I'm sorry, wait. Stout Dark L is an E-L? Not A-L-E? No, A-L-E. Okay. Then I still don't Oh, care. I got it now. Okay. I really appreciate your hard work on the podcast and the humor and insight you provide. What I like best is how you do such a professional job. Uh, in parentheses, Steve's song included. More on that later. And yet maintain your humility. There are a lot of podcasts that treat listeners as their fans. You guys don't do that. We really are fans, but of Smallville and your enthusiasm and passion makes it part of my weekly regimen, which I eagerly anticipate every week. Please keep up the good work. I love Steve's song. It cleared up a misconception I had. I thought there was a time of day where it was too late for chocolate pie. Alas, not the case. There is a time when chocolate pie is not available for consumption. Thanks for that extra special glimpse into your mind, Stephen. On the other hand, I burst out laughing when I heard it, which was on my commute into New York City. I take the bus daily with many fellow passengers who I fear now regard me as social de- socially demented. So does my wife, who heard me singing the song, but she already knew I was a bit off. Please consider a better disclaimer next time. Also, please try to put the song on a standalone or download. This was before we got the chance to do that. So, uh, thanks again, Brian, for that. I thought that was pretty funny. Steve, you still with me? Yeah, yeah. Nothing to say to that? Um, Brian, I appreciate the fact that you say uh, that you comment on our humility because I'm going to be, this is going to sound like I'm being fake, but I'm being totally serious. I feel like sometimes oh, we're Steve too much. Awesome. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're jerks sometimes to the listeners. I feel like, you know, if, because we don't like to be called on anything and we don't we? like to be criticized. And so we'll kind of fight back sometimes. And so I appreciate we? the fact that you think we're, that we have some humility about us. We? I'm very nice to the listeners most of the time. <laughs> I'm going to go through tonight to the old forums and find everything. <laughs> this one's pretty funny. This is from David Healy. Uh, oh, Dave good old David. Co- David emails a lot to Skynex, too. Dave in the quiet corner. Dave says, it seems we already have a newly formed Justice League in our midst. How many podcasts did you guys turn out in the previous weeks for Shoe? Was it five or six? I've lost count. What an amazing, productive week it was. Congratulations to all who contributed. Uh, he goes through and gives us all... Justice League names. Oh, wow. For, Let's hear for our efforts. I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, the Man of Steel, Derek Russell. Mild manager during the day, but once he dons that red cape, he becomes invulnerable to anything thrown at him. Superhuman effort on Derek's part. Steve Glosson as the Flash. I think Steve was everywhere at once. Where does he get all that energy from? I tell you, he builds it up. He sits on the couch for like weeks. and then he <laughs> Well, you know, that. what's funny is, is you sat there 
at Dragon Con, and I'm just sitting there chilling, you know. And you, and at one point, like early on in our time hanging out, before you kind of got used to me in person, you were like, "What? What's wrong with you? You, <laughs> you're supposed to be bouncing off the walls right now." Uh, I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm just chilling, dude, watching TV. What's the, what's the deal? You know. <laughs> You're like, this is yeah. so not right. This is I so wish not. we had skipped our first encounter in person and gone straight to our second one. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had the best time in Atlanta with you and Graham. We did have We did have a good time. But that's, he, what, that's why I seem to have so much energy, because I do just sit around building it up. He dons uh, Logan and Crystal as the Black Canary and Wonder Woman, stepping in when we needed them to. Not to mention the legion of support staff that worked in the background to make it all happen. Did Graham assist in the shadows as the Dark Knight? Mm. And then P.S. Tucker is Robin. I hear he looks good in tights. <laughs> well, who is Houston? <laughs> and how did I not see that coming? Every time. Every time. Yeah. Um, this one is a question from Jesse. Jesse says... Uh, the past few episodes have been pretty good. It's great to see Smallville finally back and Clark becoming more of Superman instead of desperately trying not to be. One notable cast member I am missing, though, is Michael Rosenbaum. You said he would be there, but I've never caught why he left the show. He was such an integral part of the story. At some point, I'm sure they'll find him just inhabiting another body or something like that. That's funny. I didn't mention that before. <laughs> Maybe it'll be kind of like in the Justice League Unlimited series when Lex and Brainiac will fuse together. That would be pretty epic. Where is Michael? Michael just wanted to move on and, and pursue other things. And Michael wanted to grow his hair out. Yes, but more than anything, uh, he wanted hair. Um, Spike is going to be doing a new show <laughs> entitled PG Porn. That uh, that I, I'm not really sure how they're going to do this. I think it's almost going to be kind of like uh, it's it's the scenarios in porn movies that don't end up in se- and they and the and they don't end up with sex. Are you being serious? Yes. You've heard about this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, that sounds it's, really funny. It's like the guy comes to repair the cable for the hot woman, and and he really repairs the cable. You so know? It's, spoof, it's like spoofs of porn that never actually get to the porn. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, the pilot's going to have Nathan Fillion and Michael Rosenbaum in it. Which, Michael Rosenbaum does comedy fantastically. He is hilarious. <clears throat> so... Be we anxious to see that Spike will be airing that sometime. We don't have word on that, but we'll we'll be sure to mention it when it becomes available. This one comes to us from our buddy Mose Dog. Mose, Brian Mosley. Brian says, "Hey guys, I wanted to get a voicemail in for the hundredth episode, but was without power for for a number of days in Ohio, and I missed it. Just wanted to chime in. Started listening right around the time Steve joined, maybe a little bit before, and I've been addicted ever since. I know you guys put a ton of hours and hard work into every episode, and I just want to thank you. I'm notorious for sarcasm bordering on harassment. This is not one of those times. Doing this for free simply because you love it is the reason I believe Shoe is as strong as it is. You guys have caused me to spend quite a lot of money after mentioning Kingdom Come several episodes ago (laughs) as I really dove into the comics head first. I listen to each and every episode you ever do. Thank you again. Wow! Thanks, Thanks that, Brian. Bro. I like that a lot. I like that we'll listen to each and every episode, ever. Ever. So this one comes us to us from Anthony. Anthony says he's got an idea for our show. He says I just finished listening to the episode 100. Great stuff. You said something about 51 minutes into the episode that gave me an idea. Uh, Steve mentioned how Derek called a friend uh, and asked him how great the episode was, and he would say great, and then Derek would just hang up on him. It's hilarious stuff, but it got me thinking. That was one of my favorite bits ever. (laughs) That's what we called Ask Shane. 
in the AAC, and we would call my my buddy Shane and then hang up on him while he was <laughs> telling us what he thought. Uh, if it's possible to call other people while recording episodes, it might be interesting to incorporate that, incorporate that into your other weekly episodes. Here's my tentative idea. Feel free to change it as it suits your needs. Announce something either on the forums or one of your podcasts saying if you would like to be feature, featured on an episode of Shoe, email us uh, your cell phone number. After getting these phone numbers, keep a database on Excel or something of all the numbers. And then when you record an episode, choose one of the numbers at random. Call that individual. If they don't pick up, you can just go to another person, edit that out, and have a five-minute you know, conversation. If they, don't call, if they don't pick up, I'd leave a voicemail. <laughs> this is Steve, damn it. Where are you? <laughs> Where are you? Uh, just have a little five-minute conversation, surprise them, and ask them what they thought about the episode, kind of like Jay Leno's Jaywalking or something like that. Just an idea uh, from Anthony. We could call the true. Cool. We could call the true shooligans. Yeah. I think that might not be a terrible idea if we can get that going. Please um, expect a phone call. <laughs> so go to smallvillepodcast.com, our, our home on the internet, where you can find out the latest Smallville news and information, and <clears throat> also when our newest episodes will be available. You can go to our forums at forums.smallvillepodcast.com or our old forums at old.smallvillepodcast.com. You can also get there through our gateway at startwellforums.com. Email us, mail at smallvillepodcast.com. Or you can call us at 206-666-1822 and leave us a voicemail. We'll be back next week. Did with you get our... all that, everybody? Yeah, Did you get all that? <laughs> Bueller. You need us to go over it again? We're not. I hate you. <laughs> and also remember, if you're interested in those James Carrington CDs, email us with James Carrington CD in the subject line at mail at smallvillepodcast.com. And we'll be back with our 104th episode. So basically, for... basically here's what you've gotten on this episode. You need to email us why you should be a true shoeligan. We need all of your cell phone numbers and mail us to let you know you want a James Carrington CD. <laughs> and don't forget to buy a t-shirt. Thanks for joining us. Pretty good. <laughs> Stay tuned for spoilers. We'll be back with our 104th episode for the Smallville episode Instinct. Instinct? Instinct. Hey, we should have a go on a date with Steve contest. I would win that. You probably would. <laughs> trivia uh so we are going to be back next week with that and coming up in a few seconds you will have spoilers after the music including the audio from the trailer for instinct see you guys later Legendary love. When the right girl walks into your life, you'll know. Is thrown off track. I'm Maximo. And you don't know how long I've searched for you. Smallville! There is nothing romantic about Lois and Clark. Bring it. Smallville, all new episode next Thursday at 8, 7 central. Okay, what you just heard was the uh, trailer, the audio from the trailer for next week's episode, Instinct, which will be airing on October 9th, uh, next Thursday, or this coming Thursday. Uh, we've got, uh, CW's official description, don't we, Derek? We do, Steve. Okay, uh, you want to hit that up? I want you to read that, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow.
Okay, DC Comics. No, 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 no. You don't get to be wow because we don't not going to tell everybody what happened in between the episode and the spoilers. You were just DC. <laughs> you don't get to make it sound like I was mean because I was not. <laughs> Dude, I told you. Okay, DC Comics character Maxima sets her sights on Clark. Tess and her team performed tests on Clark's crystal that she had retrieved from the Arctic, causing it to send a beam of light into the universe. Hmm. This is the first time I've read this. Is it? Yeah. This triggers a beam of light into the universe. Why don't you say into space? Those WB those going. CW people. This triggers the arrival of Maxima, and that's she'd be played by Charlotte Sullivan, a queen from the planet Almarac. Planet Almarac. Who is searching for her soulmate and Alf? she believes Ah, Melmac, that's Melmac. what I was thinking just then, yeah. Who was who is searching for her soulmate who she believes sent the signal. Plus, she likes to eat cats. Unfortunately, Maxima's power is too great for mortal men, and her kiss kills them. Hmm. I don't remember that from the comics. The seductive Maxima arrives in Metropolis and begins her search, starting with Jimmy. She's going to kill Jimmy. <gasps> no. Don't, don't, don't. That's Jimmy's pretty cool. Jimmy's pretty cool. It's also, Clark is going to get to see the crystal, so whether or not he will get it back in this episode, we're not sure about. Well, it's good that Clark knows... Who now, hasn't. it'll be good that Clark knows that he has. Also, there's going to be a little bit of throwback to the letter, the fever letter that Chloe wrote Clark from season two. <laughs> you remember that? Yes, I do. When he was in fever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, episode, when he fever. had a fever, when he yeah. was sick, <laughs> when he was almost a fever, too. <laughs> right. um, if you've seen the trailer, actually, obviously you heard it. There's a lot of um, nakedness. Lois even walks in on Maxima and Clark making out several times, it sounds like. So, that's going to be interesting. Jimmy's going to find out about this letter, though, that Chloe wrote Clark. And, and it's going to deduce that Chloe's still in love with Clark. Fever was a great episode, by the way. Fever was a great episode. The whole switch where Pete is riding out. Yeah. And like the, he's like, is there a problem, officer? Yeah. He's so calm with all the helicopters and everything around. Now, we will have uh, Jimmy back on this episode though, and Tess, though um, Oliver Queen and Davis Bloom did not appear in this one. So, But it uh, looks interesting. The shot of Maxima throwing Lois's car around is pretty cool. Yeah, um, Tess is apparently going to go to Chloe to help find Lex. Yeah, yeah. Using her knowledge. Yeah. Because I, I have a feeling she she knows that Chloe was in there. She's the one that shut it down. <clears throat> TV Guide um, says it's likely that Shelby will be making return appearance. Thank God. I've been waiting yeah, know, for Shelby right? to come back. Well, I'm interested to see what happens. So uh, we will be seeing Clark, that on Thursday Clark, night. Clark offers Lois her old room back. That does happen in this one. I forgot about the yes. He does. All, the, the, the farm is lonely, so he, he offers Lois to come stay. Uh, I don't know why anybody would want that three-and-a-half-hour commute yet again, but... but but she declines because hey, you can come stay at the farm with me, Clark. But um, I'm lonely. She does kind of starts to begin to re- recognize she does have feelings for Clark. So awesome. Well, we'll talk about all that on the 104th episode of Shoe. In the meantime, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Thanks, guys.
You good? I'm good. You mad? Mm-mm. I thought that was good. I did too. Okay. I mean, you treated me like crap, but other than that... I did one little thing to you, and that was funny. <laughs> it was funny. I'm just missing my date tonight. Hey, everybody, welcome to our... <laughs> I, I really am. You have a date? I'm supposed to. It's only... F- it's just now... You got five minutes, don't you? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. You should have told me. It's over. We canceled it a while ago. While I was on... Uh-uh! Yeah. Steve! What? I f***ed it up! No, no. She did. No, I did! No, she did by being a woman. Why? Because she has to work late or something. But you told her you were going to be... Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. This, this was is before. my fault. No, it's not. It's not. I'm putting all this in the show so I can apologize It's not you. your fault. I texted... She was working late, and I said, well, let's just worry about it some other time then so you don't have to feel stressed about getting home and everything. I'm sorry. Dude... What part of it's not your fault don't you understand? This has Welcome nothing to do with spoiler. the podcast. I was just picking on you for a moment. Welcome to our spoilers section where you just heard the audio for the trailer for Instinct. I mean, Next granted, I'm sitting in the office six hours after I should be off work, but that's okay. October 9th, 2008 on Smallville. Damn it. Can I read the official description since you did the whole recap and didn't hardly let me say a word? I wanted you to jump it. Just kick us off. <laughs> Go. Seriously, just start at the spoilers. I'm sorry. Go. <laughs> Go. I, I want you to get out of that damn office. I'm sorry. Go. What you just heard, I can't. <laughs> Dude, I'm just totally busting your chops. I'm just busting your chops, man. You know I love you. Go ahead. You know I, love I love you, you too. Go, go. <laughs>